Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition. And this time we are talking about the Calgary Flames. And I'm joined by Mark Parkinson, who is the site manager for Matchsticks and Gasoline, right? Matchsticks and Gasoline, which is the SB Nation blog dedicated to the Calgary Flames. Now, I'm saying Calgary, but I've been told by a couple of Canadians, some of them say Calgary and some of them say Calgary. I feel like I'm always saying Calgary. Yeah. I've heard it pronounced all three ways. I'm from Massachusetts, so the fact that I can even say it properly is amazing. I say Calgary, so. Okay, I'm just going to. be like, Calgary. Cal- Calgary. 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 <laughs> yeah, Calgary is like the one I can't get behind. That one's too weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, we'll go with Calgary. Okay, Cal- we're going to do. Now, now it's going to be in my head yeah. <laughs> for the rest of the day. We're just going to do a solid East Coast American Calgary for the length of this Perfect. podcast. I think that's a good idea. Okay. Works for me. So, to get right into things, today's questions were provided primarily by the lovely Maddie Campbell, who covers the Flyers for us, and who I understand you are attempting to steal, but I will not let you. Um, yeah, we are slowly converting her. She will become a Flames fan soon enough. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be hard at this point, given the current state of the Flyers, <laughs> but I'm going to fight you anyway. But, okay. She had, she had to watch Mike Smith play last night, so I don't know. It's, she's probably in between right now. That's true. That's true. He's a little bit of a mess, but, you know. Um, so, I mean, the, I feel like the Flames are kind of a bit of a surprise this year. I think that when we did our preseason previews at Broad Street Hockey, um, I think we all kind of thought that Calgary could make some noise this season, kind of based on their on-paper roster and what they did last year, but I don't think anybody was really expecting them to be leading the Western Conference, which is about where they're standing right now. Um, I was reading your halfway season write-up on your site, and I think that at that point they were top of the Western Conference, right? Correct. Yeah, even with their loss uh, last night, they still are. They're okay. still two points ahead of the All right. So, yeah. yeah, so solidly in first place in the West, which is kind of cool because I personally like to see these kinds of things get mixed up a little bit. But one of the things that seems to be contributing to the success was the big trade that you guys made in the offseason, sending Dougie Hamilton to Carolina for Lindholm and Hannafin. Um, seems to be working out for you guys, huh? Yeah, I think it's working out okay. You know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> and we're still early, you know, halfway through the season, but Lindholm has been such a, he's been such a, a breath of life into the Calgary offense. The Flames had trouble scoring goals last year, and Lindholm has already set career highs in goals and points, and we're at 42 games into the season. I mean, it helps when you play with Sean Monahan and Johnny Gaudreau. You know, yeah. I'm not going to lie, that's Doesn't a hurt. huge contributing factor. But Lindholm also creates his own offense. He's been great on the penalty kill. Um, there's really not much more you can say about him. He's just been he's been fantastic uh, for the Flames so far this year. Noah Hannafin, I kind of feel Hannafin's had a really quiet season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's when you think okay, when I think Flames defense, I think Mark Giordano, I think T.J. Brody. You know, and in the past we all thought of Brody for you know foul ups and turnovers and bad play. But um, he's played really well this year, and I, Hannafin has been the nice, quiet surprise 
for uh, Calgary this year. He's, I feel like he's kind of like the lost guy in the deal. Yeah. But he's been super steady on defense. And personally, I he's a local kid from Boston, so always good to see a, a local guy do well in the NHL. Yeah. And he ends up on your favorite team, so that's good. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, that trade has worked out really, really well for the Flames. Um, I, you know, Gaudreau's got 61 points. Monahan's got 51 points, and Lindholm's now got 48. I mean, not bad top line. No, that's pretty good halfway through the season. Those numbers will be good at the end of the season. So yeah, the right, fact, exactly. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. And also, it's pretty wild that, like, it was determined by the Carolina Hurricanes that, like, Bill Peters was the problem, and he pretty much just went out there and tried to recreate his favorite part of the Carolina Hurricanes and did so successfully, and it's working really well. So, and but, You know, I mean, the forgotten guy that actually he's brought in from Carolina, too, is Derek Ryan. Ryan's played really well for Calgary. He's been a solid third line, fourth line center when they needed him. A good bottom six guy, and he's he's not a bad guy on a power play either. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he he plays on the second unit from time to time, and um, Ryan's been really good. But when you talk about Bill Peters, I can't say enough about Peters. I think that was the wild card in the whole thing. You're like, all right, how's this guy going to do? Man, Carolina was so bad. They were such so a bad hockey team. And then he comes in, and you're like, he's he is the exact opposite of what Glenn Gullitson was mm-hmm. when he was here. I mean, he's not afraid to mix his lines up. If you're not playing, he doesn't care how much you make. He doesn't care how long you've been in the league. He sits you. Um, Michael Forleek's a prime example of that uh, twice this season. And um, he's he's a breath of fresh air. He really is. He's to the point. He's honest. He doesn't beat around the bush. And I think out of all the things, really, that they did, I think Bill Peters might be like, you know, 1A, 1B, yeah. up top for the reason why Calgary's playing so well. So... To get to something that's not going so well for you guys, um, what's up with James Neal? Is he just cooked? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, right now he's only got four goals and four assists. That's uh, it's on pace for career lows for him. Mm. You know, you're a twenty goal scorer every year you've played in the NHL, and then you come to Calgary and you disappear. The plan originally was for Neal to be on the top line with Goudreau and Monahan, but I mean, short of I don't I don't know what you would have to do. To, other than Lindholm getting hurt, there's no way he comes off that top yeah. line. Neil's bounced around between the third line. He's on the second line. It's just, it's not working. He looks, I commented the other night I watched him, I said, he looks lost with the puck on his stick. Like mm-hmm. when he leads the rush and he brings his zone entry, he gets in and then he dumps. Like he doesn't look to go to the net. He looks like he doesn't know what to do when he's got the puck on his stick. Um, I'm really surprised because he yeah. was one of the guys, um, when Calgary added him, I was like, that's a huge ad for the Flames. And originally, same, I was like, Man, he's going to be with Gaudreau and Monaghan. Could you imagine they got a little grit on that line yeah. and another 20-goal scorer? And it's just not working. I mean, he finally got off the schneid the other night. He scored a goal, but it was by accident. He was standing there, and the puck went off his foot. <laughs> it's not like James Neal was trying to score. I mean, he's had a couple stretches where he's looked good, where, but he missed a half-empty net last night in Boston. Oh, boy. You know, and it was just, it's one of those things for him where it's not working right now. And I, Peters hasn't sat him yet, and I'm kind of surprised he hasn't been a healthy scratch just to kind of Watch the game from up top, mm-hmm. you know, set him straight and see how it goes. But uh, James Neal, um, not exactly performing, I think, how we all thought he would. No, definitely not because, I mean, think what you will about James Neal, and it's very easy not to like him. He's typically been a very good hockey player. So on a team like Calgary that has quite a bit of offensive talent, I'm kind of surprised that he's struggling so much. But we, we joke when we do our podcast here, we're like, you know, the sad, the season's going so well, the only thing we have to complain about is how bad James Neal's playing. Everything is so rosy and happy and rainbows and unicorns in Calgary that James Neal's struggling is like, oh, why is he so bad? You know, 
By the what? way, we're in first place. What's that like? That sounds fun. Our podcast <laughs> is just us figure, trying to figure out why everything is so terrible and the whole world is on fire. So we're doing a different thing out year. here. <laughs> exactly. So one of the things that our teams do have in common is that um, there is a hurt goaltender situation going on for you guys. Um, I'm, a, I'm assuming that at this point Mike Smith is the guy, is the guy for you? For, uh, I'm kind of hoping David Riddick's ready. Okay. <laughs> By Saturday, because uh, Riddick has been unbelievable. Yeah. Smith came into the season, obviously the the anointed number one, but um, you know he had a he had a small streak where he wasn't playing well, and they put Riddick in, and he just took off. Um, and he's thirteen four and three. Got a, his save percentage is you know nine twenty. His goals against is two three nine. He's just. He's been a calming presence. Last year, he looked like a rookie. Yeah. Um, Smith got, when Smith got hurt, he got the starting goaltending duty, and it didn't work out well for him at all. Um, but I think that NHL experience in the long run will help him having a rough 2017-18. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's made in the goaltender he is now because he's been I, – I don't understand – or not understand. I don't think Mike Smith will ever be the top dog in Calgary again. Yeah. He is now because because um, Riddick is hurt. And look, as bad as Smith was last night, I mean – Calgary battled back in that game. They get a goal and they'd have a tie, or and then he'd give up a softy. And it just it's been it's been bad. But John Gillies isn't any any prize either. Yeah, I mean, he's struggling in Stockton. In twenty two games, he's five nine and three. His goals against mm-hmm. is north of four, and his save percentage is eight six four. Like it's 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 not really good. And I think he's given up seventy seven goals on the season. Uh, eventually, he's going to be passed by um kid Tyler Parsons, who just he was injured for a little while, and he just um he's been reinstated in the lineup, and he's played really well. But I think it has to be Mike Smith for now until yeah. Riddick better. Riddick's thing was a lower body injury. Calgary didn't make a big deal out of it, so mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm thinking maybe it's a two or three game thing. But having a day off today, there was talk he could have been ready yesterday for the Bruins game, but I don't think they were going to put him in without a day of practice. Yeah. So, but then again, I think if he left the net empty last night, you might have had better goaltending. So. <laughs> but I looked at you guys. I looked at your roster. I'm like, God, you got like seven goalies on the roster, and like. Four of them are injured? We Yeah, we picked up number seven today. We claimed Mike McKenna off of waivers for some reason that I truly cannot understand. But we're well, just, At least you don't have to look at Brian Elliott, so you got that going for you. Yeah, we're just collecting all of the cast-off goaltenders in the National Hockey League. That's the Flyers' new thing. Just going to try yep. all the cast-offs to see which one works. Your goaltending situation now is kind of like the Dark Ages in Calgary where they tried anybody and everybody. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. fear was aflame, you know. So... so just out of curiosity, um, because reading your little midseason right up there, um, one of the things that you commented on was how last season a lot of the success that Calgary found was on the back of Mike Smith playing really well, and then he got hurt. Do you think that that injury is what did it for him, or do you think that that was just like a run of good luck and he's actually not that good, or what happened to Mike Smith? I, d- I don't think it was the injury because – Coming into the Bruins game, he was like seven and one in his last eight games. Mm. Like, and, okay, you look at the stats, like oh, seven one and oh, how can you not be happy with the guy? But the seven wins weren't like comfortable. Like, yeah, you know, we, Smith shut him down, stopped, you know, thirty five or thirty eight or whatever, and looked really good. I mean, he's struggled at times this season. I don't think a lot of it had to do with the injury because he did play well over stretches this year. Um, I just, I was. Not a fan of the move originally, because I'm like, really? We're going to get the guy from Arizona? Really? The Coyotes goalie? Really? That's the guy we're betting the future on? And, I mean, he, he shocked me, and I owed him an apology You know, last year because he played so well. He carried the Flames in the first half of last year. I mean, mm-hmm. Calgary was winning games 
two to one, three to two type thing. They weren't scoring, but he was absolutely lights out in net. Yeah. And then he got hurt. And when he came back, he wasn't the same goalie after he got hurt. Mm -hmm. And he started off this year. He played well. Riddick was terrible in the preseason. Smith had a pretty good preseason. Um, I think he's, I mean, I hate to say he's old. He's 35. Yeah. I'm 42. That makes me, and I guess, you know, if he's 35 and he's old. Yeah. Right. But I I think you got I think Mike Smith's time may be winding down. I mean, our recap from last night said Mike Smith is no longer even a viable number two. He's toast, Mm. you know? So I, I, I think, I, I don't know what to pinpoint it on. It could be age. It could be just, he's, you know, Goaltenders wind down. It happens to everybody, you know? Goaltenders so, make, good. yeah. They don't make any sense. They're, like, good, no, no. and then they're not. It's pretty much like they're just, they're good until they're not. And nobody can yeah. figure out why. Sometimes like, there's well, just no reason. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so once they're done, send them out to pasture. <laughs> He's going to run around with all the other goalies. Exactly. He can run around with all the injured flyer goalies and yeah. all the old flames goalies. Have a great time. <laughs> um, so, to get back to your offense... Um, and that top line containing your newly acquired Lindholm and South Jersey's own Johnny Gaudreau. Um, how are the Flyers, how do they even attempt to stop that line? That line is tough. Um, obviously, I mean, hello, Captain Obvious. That was, that was a great analysis. <laughs> that line's tough. Um, the guy, I think, on that line that's probably the easiest to slow down is Gaudreau, which mm-hmm. seems like it would make no sense if you play him very physical. Mm. Not in the knock on him with some of the Flames fans is he's not physical and he's not big enough. And I'm like, okay, who remembers Gretzky going into the corner, <laughs> digging for pucks, throwing checks, right? Like, let yeah. Goudreau do his thing. I mean, I think he's had seven breakaways in his last two games. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, he's one of those guys that he sees the ice so well. Like, you know, on, on defense, he can see the puck coming to the, the Flames and he, oh, he just gone. He's up ice and he receives the stretch pass and he's in. He's, he's just so smart and so fast. But if you rough him up and you get phys- – I mean, don't get me wrong. He's he's handled the physicality a little bit better this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's He gets slashed on the hands constantly. That's probably the way you should stop him. Just don't yeah. throw the flyers, I told him that. Um, <laughs> you know, beat, beat him up. That's pretty much the way to do it. Monaghan's tough because he's a net front presence, um, and he just seems to coast in, and he's one minute he's there, one minute he's not. And then the minute your goalie kicks out a rebound, Monaghan appears out of nowhere, pucks in the back of the net. Yeah, uh, Lindholm? Lindholm, you got to get on his hands. You got to be on his stick because his release is so fast. Once the puck's on his stick and he's mindset to shoot, the puck's off the stick in the net. You never saw it coming. So mm-hmm. that that top line is hard. If you can slow that line down, um, once you uh, once you get out of those the top three there, Calgary scoring takes a bit of a dive, with the exception of Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, Kachuk uh, Kachuk is the mainstay on that second line. He's got a forty five points. He's about to destroy his career record, which is forty eight. Wow, forty nine. Too. Um, yeah, so he's, uh, he's you know, he runs that second line. Michael Backlund's slowly starting to move up a little bit, start to play a little bit better. But um, Calgary, if you want to shut him down, if you can get that top line in check, it sometimes is tough for the rest of the Flames to to carry them through. But hmm. I mean, good luck. Yeah, right. I mean, you got you, you body up Monahan, you double him, and somebody else is open. And if you let Goudreau, you give him any space to get ahead of you. I mean, it's, you know. He's a speedy, net. a speedy little man. He scored a goal last night in Boston that he had no business scoring. Uh, Halak hugged the post. It was a lefty shot from the left side. Had no angle and snuck it in. Like it makes I, I just I I like just watching him skate. Yeah, like he's he's just un, unbelievable. He's one of my favorite players to watch for sure. He's Actually, just so fun. 
I actually had the, the privilege. I got to see him play a couple times in college. Mm -hmm. um, we lived right near UMass Lowell, and he came oh. up there and played. And watching him play in college, you could see he was just that far ahead of everybody else. Yeah, you know, that's for being, crazy. You know, four foot two. You know, I know. The, I always look at Gaudreau, and I'm like, how many guys like Johnny Gaudreau are going to come into the league before people stop obsessing about size? Like, I, I think I think it should just be him. Honestly, like Gaudreau, he's. I, for what he does with his stature, he's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, and he, he's become a better two-way defender this year, too. He's a much better defensive player than he's ever been in his career. Mm. Good. So, yeah, so I would uh, Sounds be great physical for on Gaudreau, but then you've got Monaghan and Lindholm to deal with. Well, I, that'll be fun to watch for you, probably. Um, so one of the rumors that's kicking around um, around the Calgary Flames lately um, centers on Michael Froelich. Frolic? Yep. Frolic. Frolic. Um, and that he might be on the way out. Do you get a sense that that's actually going to happen, and why do you think they're looking to move on from him? Um, I don't necessarily think they are. Oh, um, okay. Frolic, he's been scratched twice and been healthy, and both times he's come back roaring on. He, I mean, he was healthy scratched the other day, came back, scored two goals, or had two points, goal and an assist. Like, he played really well in Boston last night. He scored the first goal for the Flames. Um, Look, if if they get their you know if they get their doors blown off with an offer, mm -hmm. you always you know especially if it's like a backup goaltender type situation. Um, yeah, maybe you make a move, but I mean, at the flame, I mean they're in first place right now in the West. They lead the Pacific. Um, they their offense is gangbusters. When Riddick's healthy, they got good goaltending. You know, defense is playing well. Michael Forleek's a guy you need on your roster if you're going to make a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, and I and I'm no GM is a good thing um, <laughs> because I never would have traded Michael Ferlin for, for, for Hannafin and Lindholm. I was a big, big Michael Ferlin guy, but that's why I'm not a GM. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I would keep Ferlin around. I mean, he's, he's kind of slowed down on the, on the PK this year. He and Backlund were Calgary's best penalty killers the last couple of years, mm -hmm. but um, they've had some other guys step up and do it. But I think Ferlin's a good veteran presence in your locker room. He's got he's got playoff experience. He's got a cup under his wing. You know he's he's a good hockey player. And I think if you're going to go deep, Michael Forleek's a guy you want. And yeah, he's either on your third line or he's on your second line. And I think he's he's a good veteran leader that they they should keep around. But you know if Smith starts to falter and then you got to start moving some pieces to get a backup goalie, I, he could probably be the guy to go because Calgary's got enough bodies where they can yeah. slot guys and take that spot. But veteran leadership wise, I. I would have a hard time parting with Michael for league. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. That's my opinion. And I said, I'm not a GM, so they'll probably trade him tomorrow. <laughs> okay. So I have a couple of standard questions that I ask everybody who does these things. And the first one is for you to give us, um, the Flyers fans who don't watch the Calgary Flames very often, a player who kind of flies under the radar, who we might not know about, but who you think will make an impact on the game. I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this from Flames fans. Uh -oh. I already did it at the start of the season. But I'm going to throw out Garnet Hathaway. Okay. Uh, Garnet Hathaway is a bottom six, lunch pail. You know, not a never going to be a prolific scorer, never going to be a scorer um, type deal. <laughs> but uh, he provides some great grit for the Flames on their bottom lines. Um, he has emerged as a very good penalty killer for Calgary. Which, mm. if you had asked me, if you had told me at the start of the season that. Garnett Hathaway was going to be one of Calgary's better penalty killers. I'd have been like, you're, you're out of your mind. Like, what, what, are you, what are you drinking right now? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's all have some because you're nuts. But I'm, and I'm a big fan of Garnett Hathaway. I'm, 
I'm one of those weird guys. Like my jersey collection is filled with random flame guy, like random guys from the roster, random guys from the past. And Garnet Hathaway is one of those guys I just really like. Mm-hmm. Um, he's f- physical. He's not great with the puck on his stick. His own entries are sometimes sloppy, most of the time sloppy. But um, he's physical. Um, you're, he's never going to back down. He's going to hit you hard. Um, and like I said, him on the penalty kill this year has been a nice surprise. Um, I mean, I could probably, you could probably get a couple more guys into this question. Uh, Mark Jankowski is another one. Okay. Um, bottom, bottom six center, penalty killer. Uh, moves really well with the puck on his stick. He's starting to play better as of late. Um and even Sam Bennett and his mustache. I mean, I just throw him in there. <laughs> I, I've, I've never been a Sam Bennett fan. I don't understand how the number four overall pick in the draft can be that bad. Mm. But he's turned himself into a great player. And so I, But I, I'm going to go with Hathaway. I okay. think Garnet Hathaway is the guy. He did, you might not notice him during the game, but he'll do small little things mm. that'll, that'll I'll be like, oh, wow, that's that guy. Yeah. So that, now hopefully, so that, people, yeah, hopefully people will notice him now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's probably because we're going to fight somebody. That's why. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know. um, are there any flyers that you look forward to seeing when our teams play each other? Um, I was actually, until I looked at the whole thing, I was like, oh, I forgot Elliot's on IR. I was like, oh, I want to see Elliot. You know, just because I wanted to be like, hey, we'll score a million goals tonight if Elliot's out. Oh, come on. <laughs> Poor Moose. <laughs> oh, it's rough. He but tries. I, I like Wayne Simmons, you know. I like, yeah. he's the guy that I would, I mean, there's no complaints in Calgary, but I would take a guy on my team like that any day. Yeah. I love the way he plays hockey. He's, you know, he can shoot. He's got speed. He's got size. He's just, he's a, he's a guy I enjoy watching playing. You know, it's when you roll down rosters of other teams, you're like, oh, God, that team's coming to town. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I don't really have that playing with the Flyers. You know, That's shocking, Mark. Roster, it's, no, but I'm saying, I look at your <laughs> roster and it's not a guy I look at and I go, God, I hate that guy. Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> one of those guys. You know, James Van, Re- uh, Van Riemsdyk, he's fun to watch play. Um, so yeah, I like, uh, you know, I, I don't have a problem watching the Flyers. I think they're fun to watch. You know, it's, they're not, it's not the Ducks. It's not the Canucks. It's not the Oilers. It's yeah. not the Wilds, not all the teams I hate in the West. So, you know, I'm, I'm cool with it. You know, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this game. Yeah, it is. It is nice. Once you get out of the conference, just those couple games a season, you get to see something different. It's fun. Exactly. So before I ask you to give me a game prediction, I'm just going to ask you this because I'm always fascinated by these kinds of things. How did a guy from Massachusetts get to be a Calgary Flames, a Calgary Flames fan? I feel like I should have like a, I should have a press release for this because I think every podcast I've ever been on. <laughs> yeah, you have to tell your origin story. It's so crazy. It's um well, it's funny when I when I was a kid, we have um we have Nesson, which is the New England Sports Network. That's mm-hmm. what the Bruins are on. And um, when I was a kid, we also had Sports Channel. And Sports Channel would broadcast all the Hartford Whalers games. Mm. So I had like hockey heaven as a kid. I had the Bruins, I had the Whalers. But Sports Channel also, I believe they had the rights to Hockey Night in Canada and they had the NHL playoffs. Oh, wow. So I used to be able to watch, you know, Western Conference, you know, Canadian hockey games when I was 11 years old. Yeah. And I will freely admit I was 12 when Calgary, or 13 when Calgary won the Cup, and I completely bandwagon jumped in 1989. Well. Um, I loved goalies as a kid and – um Mike Vernon just, I got swept up in Mike okay. Vernon. And that's what, I always joke, when I was a kid, when I was in school, my buddies all had Ray Bork, Andy Moog, Cam Neely, Randy Burridge, Kenny Linsman jerseys. I had a Mike Vernon jersey. I was the only kid in my school who had a Calgary Flames I The only person I know, I think, that has a Flames jersey. So, that's, yeah, that's um, actually really cool. Yeah, so that's how I became a Flames fan. And you know, it was hard following a team before the internet and yeah. you know, TV, you're reading box scores and 
back when ESPN used to show hockey highlights. You know, <laughs> that's how I follow Calgary. So it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, you know, it was, it's interesting, but I do get that question a lot. And I'm like, I, I always say I just made a lot of bad choices when I was a kid. <laughs> you know? And I stuck with my convictions. That's the thing. So. Like, sure, you hopped on the bandwagon when you were a small child, but you stuck with it. So Exactly. So now I've been a Flames fan yeah. now going on 29 years. Nice. So, you know, it's, that's awesome. it hasn't been easy all the oh. time, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but it's actually nice writing about them now, too, because feel, I feel more connected to the team. And yeah. I have no connection to the team as in, like, hey, I get locker room access or we get interviews. But just... Watching every game, covering the team, you know, you feel more involved. And I definitely feel like now I am way more of a fan than I ever was just because I spent so much time writing. Yeah, (laughs) and you're like, you know, forced by the nature of the job to really pay attention to all of the details. So you get you get into it. Yeah, exactly. Ten years ago, I probably wouldn't have cared about the bottom defensive pairing. Who cares? <laughs> you know? But now I'm like, oh my god, why is that guy there? You know, so, not the Flames. Their, their defensive pairings are fantastic. But I'm just saying. Oh. You're like, who's that guy now? You know, I actually, I care about the, the guy they picked up off waivers. Yeah. You know? so. I mean, if you want to complain about defensive pairings, like, we can talk about the Flyers for a little while, but... <laughs> well, let, let's, let's talk about the, what What's going on? Like, what happened? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I mean, we all we all assumed it was the coach. Um, guess so not. Not just the coach. <laughs> My running theory right now is that everything had gotten so bad that, like, emo- Like, I feel like the team is like emotionally drained. Like, they look like broken human beings, and I I just feel like it had gotten so bad um, over the last probably year and a half that it's yeah. going to take them a little bit of time to recover okay, and enough. to like have it's fun up. again. Cause I don't think that, I don't think they were having a lot of fun. It's like they're perpetually playing in like the day before Christmas break mode or yeah. the two, two games before the end of the season mode. Yeah. Like on bad ice with, um, Michael Neuvert and his bird bones and net. So it was just, <laughs> it's not been great. <laughs> no. So, so the ice is bad. Is that what you're saying? That they don't take care of the ice. <laughs> it's, I mean, it might as well be. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Calgary played somebody a couple weeks ago, and we were all talking on our our um, SB Nation thread, and I was like, does it mean that the ice looked terrible tonight? Like, every puck rolled, mm-hmm. every puck bounced, nothing was smooth. I forget where they were. And then after the game, the Flames were like, oh, the ice here was terrible. I'm like, ah, I knew it. Observation. All right. <laughs> I paid attention. Nailed it. <laughs> I think I wrote that in my recap. Nope. Totally glossed right over it. <laughs> all right. So let's wrap it up with your sure. shot, shot in the dark. Give me a score for this game, how it's going to end up. Okay. Can I give you two? Yep. I think if David Riddick is in net on Saturday, I think Calgary wins 5-2. Okay. If Mike Smith is in net, I think Calgary wins a 5-4, 6-5 type game. Okay. I think it'll be it'll be closer. Sorry, I'm not I'm not taking the Flyers this weekend. Which I means I just guaranteed you a win. Well, here's, <laughs> here's the thing. So... I'm assuming that you guys are going to see Carter Hart um, because Michael Neuvert is, and you'll be shocked to learn, hurt again. Um, Yeah, he lasted five whole games this time, which I'm assuming is like a personal best for him. Um, But yeah, he's hurt again, and we got this guy off of waivers who is essentially an age-hill goaltender, so I'm assuming it's going to be Carter Hart. And so far in his NHL career, he's either been... Lights out great or really, really bad and not really much in between. So 
It all depends, I guess, on which version of Carter Hart shows up. Fair enough. And historically, over the last year or so, Calgary has done a really, really good job of making little-used goaltenders mm-hmm. look like Vesna Trophy candidates. Okay. So, but I think I think Calgary that top line is Gaudreau's got uh, points <laughs> in like fifteen of his last eight. No oh boy. He's a ten of his last thirteen or something, and he's got eighteen multi-point games this year. Um, well, I mean, given that he is from South Jersey, he's definitely a Flyers fan. So maybe he'll like you know. Knock it back a little bit. He's from South Jersey? He is. I hadn't heard that before. Really? Never? <laughs> no. That's so new. That's, that's weird. No one ever mentions it here. It's so weird. Like, no. it's never, like, a topic of discussion every single time he ever comes to town. No, and I think every time I've been on with you guys here talking hockey, it's always, there like, oh, maybe Johnny will come home someday. <laughs> you guys, you guys, like, look, oh, maybe someday. And the rest of us are like, he can never leave. <laughs> If he does, yeah, if he does come home, it will not be John Tavares style. It'll be when he's like 36 on his like last contract where he scores like, you know, 19 goals a season or something like that. It'll, that'll be the only time we get Johnny Gaudreau, but you'll get, you'll get the, you'll get the last year Yarmir Yager version of Johnny Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. So let me throw out a prediction that is absolutely not going to be right because I'm never right. Um, I think this all, for the Flyers, I think this is going to depend on if they are able to stay out of the penalty box, because their penalty kill is horrific, and uh, you guys have that top line, who I'm assuming get a lot of power play time, so if we give the Flames the opportunity to score power play goals, I do believe that they will do exactly that, so I'm going to say, ugh, I'm going to say 3-1 Flames. Okay, fair enough. But it, yeah, don't don't give. I mean, the power play has been struggling lately. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you have Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, Elias Lindholm, Mark Giordano, and Matthew Kachuk all on the ice at the same time, it's, sounds you know, pretty you know, good. The tutor in the other end, you know, it's it's never good. The Flyers will give them an opportunity to improve those power play numbers because I cannot stress our penalty kill is so bad. Somehow our power play has gotten worse, but uh, yeah, somehow the power play is. Or the penalty yeah. kill is not great, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think we've done it. I think we've wrapped it all up here. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much again, Mark Parkinson from Matchsticks and Gasoline. This was a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate it. No, all I right. love talking to you guys. Every 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 year since I've been at the site, I've done something with you guys, and I love chatting with you guys. Oh, that's guys awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Um, So, okay, it's a Saturday afternoon game, 1 o'clock here in Philadelphia. Everyone loves afternoon hockey. Um. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's a wild time for the Flyers, so we'll see what happens. Mark, thank thank you very much. Go Flyers. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. 
Baseball. Truly, it is awful. I'm Phillies writer Justin Clue. Join me every week, along with John Stolnes, Liz Rocher, and Dr. Trevor Strunk, as we discuss all the ways the Phillies have hurt us on our podcast, Hidden Season, as well as historical anecdotes and raw, emotional ramblings on our other shows, Continued Success and The Dirty Inning. Subscribe to The Good Fight, and you'll get conversations with insiders, analysis of breaking news, and stats, stats, stats. Together, we'll survive whatever baseball can throw at us. 